You're listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast presented by Sapphire Legal. Workplace Perspective is a regular podcast series for employers and employees focusing on education, training, and the law to help organizations of all sizes develop and maintain successful workplace relationships. The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective do not necessarily reflect those of Sapphire Legal or its attorneys and should not be considered legal advice. And now, here's your host, founder and principal attorney at Sapphire Legal, Teresa McQueen. Thank you, James, and welcome everyone to Workplace Perspective, where we are striving to raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Today, we are talking with author Steve Friedman, who gives a wonderful voice to introverts among us. On today's episode, we'll be talking about introverts in the workplace, the challenges, and the triumphs. It's going to be a great show. Don't go away. We'll be right back. The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective do not necessarily reflect those of Sapphire Legal or its attorneys and should not be considered legal advice. You're listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast presented by Sapphire Legal. Welcome back to our listeners and welcome to Workplace Perspective, Steve Friedman. Thank you very much. So excited to join you this afternoon. Well, I'm really happy to have you here. I think it's going to be a really interesting show. And before we get started, our tradition is that I typically ask our guests to tell our listeners a little bit about who they are and what they do. Sure. Thank you. Uh, so my name is Steve Friedman. And um, briefly, I, I grew up as an, as an introvert in an extrovert's world. And um that was um, not really a big issue as I as I grew up as a kid. I didn't really know any different. But as I entered the workforce, I began to realize that I just felt like I was constrained in certain ways. Learned that in order to rise in the organization that I was working in, it really required a lot of uh, social engagement, a lot of spontaneity. And so I strive to do that. I always wanted to um, succeed and, and uh, meet my expectations as well as others. But I found that it was more and more of a struggle for me. We fast forward about 30 years. I retired a couple of years ago and I had a retirement party, had a lot of people from across my career. And in the middle of the party, I was sharing with them what my plans were. And part of my plan was I was going to retire and try my my hat at writing and writing some memoirs about my own introversion. Suddenly the room went quiet. And um, the (laughs) fact was, they really didn't think of me as an introvert. It sort of shocked me as much as it shocked them because it was the life I was leading. It's who I am. But I realized at first I I wanted to kind of cheer and say, yes, I kind of pulled it off. You know, I'm an introvert (laughs) in an extrovert's world. I fooled them all. Ha ha. And mission accomplished. uh, Yeah. And now I get to go home and relax by myself. But I also realized that I'd really missed out on an opportunity. I missed out on um, kind of finding healthy coping skills. I missed out on being a role model for other introverts and half the people on this planet are introverts. For me, uh, the last couple of years since retirement, I've really dedicated that towards learning more about introversion and how I can share that model with with many, many others out there that may be struggling or may have succeeded in kind of figuring things out. And I'm excited to share that today as well. Well, that's great. So tell me the title of your book, because you accomplished that. You published your book, correct? I did. I did. And as a, a, you know, not a a career author, it was uh, quite an experience. And I'm very proud of that. So the book is called In Search of Courage, An Introvert Story. It's a bit of a therapeutic thing for me, 
as far as just delving in. It's amazing what you learn when you write a book, but also it's a piece of inspiration, I think, for others that are going through the same thing and they get to realize, as I did when I was writing it, that I'm not alone and there's common challenges and common ways to kind of overcome and and be successful in whatever you're doing. Well, that's wonderful. Congratulations. We will, of course, put a link up on our website to your book so people can find it, make it easy to find if they're looking for it. I would not peg you as an introvert. You know, you've been very engaging. We were chatting before the show. We had a call a couple of days ago and I wouldn't have. So I think it's important for our listeners to understand what's an introvert? What does it mean to be an introvert? Sure. Well, you know, I, I get that a lot as I mentioned from the retirement party, but I get that a lot that, oh, you're not an introvert and never would have pegged you for that. And certainly all of us lie across this spectrum and maybe uh, extreme introversion and extroversion are on opposite ends. But the reality is we kind of mix along that spectrum and most of us along the middle part of it. And so during, in certain circumstances, we may be more introverted in other circumstances, more extroverted. Introversion in general, the the, um, definition I like is really that we get our own energy from within. So extroverts would tend to get energy by going out into social situations and parties. They enjoy that. They need that kind of uh, interface. Introverts oftentimes don't need as much of it. So it certainly is not that introverts don't enjoy socializing and being with other people, but generally they prefer to do that in smaller increments and maybe with smaller crowds. But introverts and extroverts have things in common as they meet in the middle of that spectrum. But also I think that stereotype for years for introverts has been one of that's been somewhat negative. And uh, so um, I looked up as part of my research, I looked up the definition in some of the dictionaries, even of today, and they talk about introverts as being not normal or being loners. And so it's so unfortunate, but it's true that many of us, including myself, when I reflect back, lived and grew up in that sort of environment. But the fact is that introverts, like everybody else, we all have our strengths and we all have our our. Um, development areas that we are working on, but it took me a long time to recognize my strengths. A lot of introverts have similar strengths, and so you can kind of group some of those together, and not everybody need all those strengths, but their strengths like being very observant, right? So introverts would prefer to sit more on the sidelines, but they are tend to be great listeners, very observant, empathetic. You know, it's really interesting. One of the things you said, I think, because you're going along those lines, but you said they don't need it, I think that's interesting. Don't need the extra stimulation of being out in society or being in groups. And I think there's a difference between don't need it and don't want it. That's true. Right. And I think that, you know, the typical, the stereotypic, at least in my mind of an introvert is someone who does not want to be out in society in that way, that it is somehow physically and emotionally difficult for that person to be out in society that way. And that's, you're saying that's not what's typical, sort of in the medium. I'm sure it's, you know, like you said, one end of the spectrum or the other, but you're not Mm -hmm. seeing that in the, in the middle. Yeah. That's not really as nearly as common. I mean, as you mentioned, there are some that sit on the extreme that really don't want it and are fearful of it. I think that's less common and uh, yeah, I enjoy socializing. I enjoy talking with people and having uh, small group parties, but it's usually my social interaction will look a lot different probably than a lot of extroverts, but it's not a yes or a no. It's a, uh, it's a little bit of the nuances of how that interaction takes place that you would notice a difference in. 
Well, and, and before you kind of start to talk about the strengths, but I want to talk first a little bit before we start talking about the, you know, the, the strengths and all of that. Tell me a little bit first about the challenges uh, that introverts face in the workplace that some of us might not be especially aware of. Okay. First, we've been talking about sort of the social interaction or engagement and, you know, pretty much every um, job uh, will have some degree of interaction or communication. And so I think that can be a challenge. Many people have this view, and it's a, a viewer stereotype because it, it is oftentimes real, that most workplaces are very noisy and they're loud, and you've got mm-hmm. the gregarious person that kind of runs the show and owns the meeting, and their, their voice gets heard a lot more frequently than others, and people follow that person. Those are some of the challenges that introverts face Instead of feeling like they're being overwhelmed and therefore they back out even further, that they need to be prepared in their own way to be able to participate. So it certainly doesn't mean that you want to um, challenge other people. First of all, I don't think that's usually very professional. And secondly, really not our strength as introverts. The best way for us to approach things is to plan and to use the strengths that we have on communication and working in smaller groups to ensure that we can get our voice in the room. Uh, that's probably the biggest challenge is, um, is being able to get the voice in the room, making quicker decisions, engaging with other people that we don't necessarily know. I went to work at a um, large oil company. And so in addition to the meetings, there was cocktail hours and conventions that I went to. And uh, those were you know, really very stressful for me until I realized that if I used some of my own strengths and I did it my way, that I could really enjoy myself with that. And it took me a long time to figure that out. So I'm not the one to go to a cocktail hour and walk into the middle of hundreds of people and go schmooze around from table to table and chit chat. Just not going to happen. But I can go in there with um, some questions that I've already thought about in my head because planning is really high up there. And so right. I've, I've got these set of questions and I'll go in and, I, and I'm, I probably have checked out who's at the convention. So I'm targeting certain people that I want to go meet. Um, I might bring somebody along with me so we can kind of tackle that together. I'll probably have more meetings off to the side at the convention than schmoozing in the room because I realize that I don't have to be in that cocktail room for three hours every night. And uh, so I try and do little bits and pieces. And for me, if I walk away from that cocktail with a couple of new acquaintances that I've met and maybe some plans to get together for a lunch or something that's more comfortable for me afterwards, or when we get back home, then that's a win for me. I kind of adjust my schedule around that to meet what I'm comfortable with. Because those kind of interactions, social interactions uh, like that can be very stressful for introverted people. Yeah, it's I just think there's so much going through my head. So I was I, I do the same thing. So I'm I'm very active in my local bar association. And I don't know that I'm an extrovert, but I'm possibly an introvert. Because I have to psych myself up to go somewhere, especially when I first started practicing law. So not only was it a little bit of insecurity about, you know, this new profession, and I was older, but it was the I didn't know anybody. So mm-hmm. I did find myself, you know, like, like walking into a room and you have to just psych yourself up. And, and the funny thing is, I do a lot of talking to young attorneys. It's much easier for me now. But I do a lot of talking with young attorneys about oh, the things you just talked about, especially networking. So this idea of networking, like, you know, have some questions in your mind, think ahead of time, what you're going to do, how you're going to do it to physically 
how you walk up and how you approach a group of people mm -hmm. that are, mm -hmm. you know, already engaged in conversation. And so I can imagine for someone who's just experiencing the normal stress of trying to network or, you know, go with people you don't know or talk to people you don't know. But if you've got that tendency to want to sort of shell up and be by yourself and, uh, you know, I think that's, that's gotta be, that's gotta be extra tough. I talk a little bit about the challenges. I want to I want to shift and get a little bit more practical and, and we're going to take a break. I know we just got the word from Paul here, but I kind of want to make that shift before we go, because I want to talk about the strengths, because I think that you've said some great things about being able to overcome these things. So let's talk a little bit about the strengths that an introvert has just inherent in their nature. Sure. So we talked a little bit about it, but you know, some of the strengths that come out very often are great listener and being observant, planning for meetings. So if you've got a meeting and you think it could be a stressful meeting, that really understanding what the topics are going to be. If you're running the meeting, put an agenda out. If you're not running the meeting, ask for an agenda because that gives the introvert time to plan in advance. Okay, what, what would I like to add to the meeting? What could happen in the meeting? So a bit of role playing even inside your mind of what are the issues and how might I deal with those as they come up are really big helps because Thinking spontaneously is not one of our strong suits generally. Planning in advance really makes a big difference. Some of the other strengths, um, introverts tend to be pretty creative and innovative. Having the opportunity to contribute into conversations at the workplace or, or even at home is really important. I look at it is that our strengths are oftentimes very complementary of extroverts and other people in the workplace. And so it's really important, not just for us as individuals that take pride in our work, but for the organization as well, to find ways to bring both voices onto the table in the meeting rooms and the boardrooms, because from that, you get better results. So the creativity and innovation, new ideas, different perspectives, is really important to, uh, to bring into the room. We oftentimes- I'm gonna, hold, I'm gonna hold you right there. He was gonna signal me, I knew it. So I'm going to hold it right there. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to finish that thought. We'll be right awesome. back. Adults with developmental disabilities deserve to have jobs, develop friendships, and live independently. That's why 40-year-old Project Independence exists. Our accomplishments are reflected in the successes our clients achieve doing things most take for granted. Importantly, 87 cents of every dollar raised by Project Independence goes directly to support specialized programs for people who need them. Whatever level of involvement is right for you, we hope you will help your often underserved neighbors. To get involved, call 714-549-3464 or visit www.proindependence.org. If you enjoyed today's show, do this. Share us, like us, give us a review on your favorite podcast app. It means a lot to us, and it ensures more people tune in and raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking with author Steve Friedman about introverts in the workplace. As soon as I get my microphone turned back on, I stopped you in the middle of a thought, and you said something that I thought was really, really interesting, this idea about creative and different perspectives and how it, an organization can help by being mindful of that sort of brings me to, you know, we love to talk about both perspectives, employee-employer perspectives. So what I want to ask you, what do you think practically, what can like a supervisor do or an organization do, possibly HR, to, to identify an introvert and to really help that person see success on the job? That's a great question because that's where I think we're headed. And in this world of diversity and inclusion, 
I think this is part of the part of the equation to bring introverts into the discussion. And as we were talking about early on, introverts are about about 50% of the population and of the workplace. Yet um, when introverts or managers are asked if they're introverts, only 2% of managers state that they're introverts. Now, some of that could be that introverts are underrepresented at the leadership levels, and I believe that's true. But some of it is because introverts tend to hide as I did for many years, and don't really offer, you know, their own story and their own contributions to try and fix the problem. So I think that it's really important on employers to make the environment comfortable and open for introverts to be able to come to the table and offer up their own perspectives. I think that managers, and this was one of the things that that I really reflected on after my retirement, I think there's an opportunity for the many leaders that are introverts to truly be role models and share their own introversion, share their path, and then share how they have coped with that and dealt with that and share that with their team, share that with other managers. Because what we need to to do is encourage other people to bring their own voice to the table. So uh, certainly whether managers are introverts or extroverts, today more than ever, I think that leaders are seeking to have very diverse work teams. And so that's, but that's diversity, not just on, uh, on gender and race, which are so important, but also on perspectives and backgrounds. And so having that, those people at the table that are more observant and innovative and planners and so forth is part of that equation. So I think the employers and the leaders need to recognize that and consider that when they're forming their team. Instead of trying to form a team that looks very similar to the leader himself or herself mm-hmm. to try and intentionally create a team that has this diversity of thought as much as anything else. And then to recognize um, as a leader that there are people that think differently. Everybody thinks differently. How can I make sure that my team works really well together? I've got some team members that do great at innovation and other team members that, that don't do so great at that. So how can we leverage the team and the different perspectives around the table to do better as a team for that and to kind of cover each other? Because together, hopefully, we've formed a team that has all the strengths necessary to succeed. For meetings, we talked a bit about that. If I'm running a meeting, whether I'm an introvert or an extrovert, I really need to make sure I'm creating that space for people. One of the things introverts like the least is when they're called upon without any notice, what do you think? And so sometimes we'll respond to that, but oftentimes if we're honest, what we need is a little bit of time, especially if it's something we we couldn't plan or prepare for. So it should be okay for the introvert or anybody in the room to say, you know, let me think about that and I'll get back to you later this afternoon or I'll get back to you tomorrow. That's really interesting. That is really interesting because I think that many people take that particular attribute as it's perceived as, oh, this person doesn't know what they're talking about Mm -hmm. or they can't think on their feet or whatever it is. And I noticed that in the legal profession, I've always been one to say, look, I don't talk off the top of my head. Mm. Laws change, case law changes, statutes change. And sometimes it's complicated. Mm. You just need to think it through. So for me, maybe I am an introvert. I don't know. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I find that the longer I went on in my career, the easier it was for me to say that with confidence, you know, and to get to that point where it's like, yeah. Okay, so maybe you want maybe you want the person who's going to talk off the top of your head and tell you what they think. I'm not interested in that. I, I think, at least from my perspective, when people say it to me, I'm like, okay, 
great. Mm -hmm. Go think about it. Give it some thought. Come back to me. There's nothing that needs a, some things need an immediate, but for the most part, you know, when you're planning and strategizing. So I think that's really interesting. I, I think that's a great, that's a great way to, to pause for a minute and give yourself time. But boy, that it's tough to say, because you don't want to be, yeah, right. You don't want to be the one in the room. Everyone's going, oh, never has anything and, to say. And that's where the leader really, I think comes in is a leader has to make it okay. They have to provide that option to say, hey, if anybody, anybody would like to, you know, think about this and come back to me later, that's perfectly fine. Because what I want is I want the best answers, solutions, ideas. I don't want necessarily, they may be things at the top of their head and some people may have great ideas. That's not the way probably half of the people in that room operate. But one of the other things that that you've mentioned a couple of times is, you know, over time, we develop some of these skills or this level of confidence. But it's really hard, especially for, it's harder for introverts, but it's especially hard for younger staff. And I think that's really where we have to create that space for younger staff, because frankly, if they're not comfortable speaking their mind or taking their time or working off of their strengths, and one, they don't really develop their own strengths. They they develop characteristics on how can I play in somebody else's world, right. which is very frustrating and usually doesn't get the best solutions. And at the end of the day, they're the ones that are probably likely to leave because they just don't feel comfortable in the work environment. They are, you know, part of the equation that that every company needs to needs to foster as much as as uh, anybody else. Absolutely. Let me ask you this, um, just to touch on COVID a bit. I'm on a lot of meetings, but one of the things I've noticed is that the people who were typically the most gregarious, outgoing, raising their hands, speaking up in person meetings, mm-hmm. are not the same online. I don't see them. And I see in the reverse of that, actually. So I also see the people that were in those groups who tended to maybe speak out, raise their hand, maybe joke, talk, are like taking the stage. And I think it's a really interesting dynamic. Do you think that that has something to do with the introvert versus extrovert sort of nature of people? I really think it does. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that um, generally extroverts feed off of the energy in the room. Right. And that gets them even more excited and involved. And and that's that's something they truly enjoy. It's hard to have that energy over the phone line or even a Zoom line, no matter how many people there are. Introverts, on the other hand, would really like a smaller, more intimate group. Even if they're people that they work with every day, they prefer to have a smaller group. Um, I used to go to meetings in um, medium-sized rooms, and I would try and sit toward the front, not because I wanted to really be in the front, but because I couldn't see all the people behind me. So it looked <laughs> like a smaller room. And that's sort of what we have today on on a Zoom call, is you've got a smaller group, oftentimes, but not always, those Zoom calls are scheduled because everybody these days has a lot of stuff going on, especially if they're at the house and so forth. And so having the call scheduled helps the introverts to prepare. But yeah, I think they feel more comfortable on the uh, on the Zoom call. I would certainly also say that introverts would prefer to be on a Zoom call than on a phone call any day. And, really? and that might surprise some people, but introverts would rather have that personal connection. So introverts won't tell you, most introverts won't say, I've got 50 friends that I can call and go out with. I might have three friends, but I know a lot about them. And I, you know, we, we 
feel the same things and kind of get each other. And it's easier to develop that personal rapport when you're on a Zoom call where you can see each other, you can see the facial expressions and the emotional intelligence that goes back and forth, as opposed to a phone call where I really don't know whether the other person is kind of getting me or they're completely dialed out. And uh, so I would definitely encourage introverts um, and everybody else for that matter to, to favor um, Zoom calls as opposed to phone calls. The other thing introverts may, may often do is we we typically have more comfort in the written word. So I always had to fight my initial instinct to send out emails for things. <laughs> I mean, they're certainly part of our communication at work, but there's some things that are appropriate with emails and some things that, you know, I just need to get up and go down and see somebody else. And it'll it's always a better call when I do that. And so we have to think about that, especially in this day and time. I have so many great things that I that I find myself saying to young professionals and young attorneys, you need to go, you need to go and talk to those people. You have great insight on this, on, on these sorts of things, because young professionals, whether they're introverts or extroverts, run into these same issues. And a lot of what you're saying, you know, we talk to, you know, our young professionals about planning and thinking mm-hmm. ahead and no matter what your comfort level is, you have to know that in business, you have to, you have to have different ways of doing things. You can't always, the big thing, of course, you know, millennials, right? Oh, millennials, this millennials, that and I said, mm-hmm. you know, when it came to email communications, what made me think about it, because people would say, well, millennials don't want to talk face to face. They just want to do emails. I don't buy that because I know there's an entire generation of people who think that email is the best thing since sliced bread because they never wanted to talk to anybody in the first place. <laughs> so if they could sit in their offices and type emails all day, that's what they're going to do. So I don't think it's a one generation or another generation, I think it's our comfort level. Mm. You know, what you're talking about is, even though you might be a little uncomfortable about it, to be successful, you got to learn, you have to learn these things. You have to find different ways of doing it, which let me switch gears a little bit. We were talking about what a company can do. So if I'm an introvert, what are some really practical things that I can do to sort of assure my success? So we talked a little bit about this and it it's, takes some courage, but what I would actually have encouraged introverts to do is even when you're interviewing for a job to offer up your own personality, you know, it's okay to say, Hey, you know, I'm an introvert and the, and these are the things I bring to the table. These are the strengths I bring to the table and to dispel some of the myths, you know, it's not like I don't get along with people. I'm very sociable. I enjoy that sort of thing. But I think I can also bring a lot of circumspect uh, thinking to the room. I can bring a lot of anal- analysis and observation and innovation. So here's what I can bring to the table. But I'm not going to hide and and say that I'm an extrovert or that I can kind of be the gregarious person that other people are going to be. And frankly, I think that that's what good managers and employers are going to want to hear. But it it takes some courage to be able to say that. But once you say that, then it opens up the conversation to be able to talk about things like, hey, can you share the meeting agenda with me? Or can I get back to you after the meeting? Or hey, I have some some ideas I'd really like to talk to you, maybe bounce them off of you before the meeting one-on-one. And so um, it's creating that communication that's so important between the employer and the employee that that you might as well start at the beginning. If you if you try and put a mask or facade on at the beginning when you're trying to get the job, it's really hard to change that once you do have the job and become somebody different. And so if you can't make that transition, then 
that continues for years and years. And really, it's not good for the individual's health or the company's productivity. So I'd really encourage speaking their mind. If, if you want the agenda early, ask for the agenda early. I, I would certainly suggest for individuals that they try and leverage the strengths that they have. So plan your day out. Think about what's coming the next day and what you can prepare for. Build rapport. So people might not think that it's a strength of introverts, but you know, schedule coffees. Go grab a coffee with somebody that is going to be important to you, perhaps, in your in your work day, you know, it might be an important person at the next meeting or just in the way you conduct business, but you're much better off to, to develop that rapport through a, a coffee or a lunch or breakfast than suddenly you're sitting in the meeting and you guys are debating across the table. And that's not a position that I personally would want to be in. So take advantage of that plan ahead for those kind of interactions and set the foundation for a stronger relationship. And it puts you on the spot a little bit in our last few minutes. Do you have a particular moment in your career that you are particularly proud of where it kind of all came together for you? You had to really overcome this urge to sort of pull back. You really had to push yourself to, to get what you wanted because it was difficult for you as an introvert. Think of any, anything like that? I have plenty of Too many, right? sort of, uh, experiences <laughs> on both sides of it. We talked a little bit earlier on that, you know, I, I went for much of my career with a mask on that I felt like I needed to operate a certain way. In the middle of my career, the switch just went on that this is not working for me. My health was not good. My stress level was really high. Yeah. My time with my family was not good because I was, um, they got the leftovers after I was completely exhausted after a full day of work. So the switch went off of, this is not going to work. And I had many, many more years to work and I, that was not going to be sustainable. And so I had to make a change. And so I started to learn about introversion. You know, I've, I've heard the word and I'd heard some of the stories, but I really didn't understand it and certainly not as it applied to myself. So I started to learn about it and recognize and appreciate some of my strengths and then start to um, start to lean on those strengths to be a completely different person. And I was a leader at the time. And so I really strive to, to share some of that. I think I, I could have done more in retrospect, but I tried to share those, um, those, that perspective and help, especially the younger staff to feel more comfortable with whatever their approach was going to be. And it certainly helped me to feel um, that I was more productive and certainly um, a happier employee. And there's nothing wrong with being happy and productive at the same time. That's awesome. That is really awesome. And we are out of time today. And uh, that's our show. I want to thank you so much for joining us. I hope it wasn't difficult. <laughs> Did <laughs> no, a great I job. I really enjoyed it. And I'm going to go relax now, but I really oh, enjoyed the, the chat. Thank you very much. I appreciate good. Well, it was great information. Thank you so much for sharing. If you want to learn more about Steve, you can connect with him, of course, on our website at sapphirelegal.com slash podcast. You can also check out his blog and connect with him on the internet at beyondintroversion.com. That's B-E-Y-O-N-D-I-N-T-R-O-V-E-R-S-I-O-N.com. I want to thank my radio angels, James and the Nave at Night, our extraordinary team at Workplace Perspective, our engineer producer, Paul Roberts, our associate producer, Melissa DeLacy, with music provided by the very talented Stephen Versaloni. So thank you all for joining us. And until next time, keep raising the bar.